Hey, hey, welcome to Cavalry Student Connection. I'm Kaysen Kelly, and I'm here today with my dear friend, Madison Banks. Hey guys, welcome back. So Kaysen. <laughs> What's up? What month is it? It's May. That's right. As of today. <laughs> it's May 1st, and not only is this... <laughs> my birthday month woo, woo. i'm gonna be 23 this year that's <laughs> that's the good years i'm sure um it's also a crawfish season do you like crawfish i do i love a good crawfish meal love a good boil huh i do love a good boil yeah yeah just boil it up put that seasoning in there <laughs> some boudin potatoes corn uh-huh. i mean that's a good summer night right there that is that's yeah good. and the weather's getting warm Yep. Yeah, this is the, the prime time of the year to me. And I'm glad that all the restrictions or some of the restrictions are getting lifted for Corona mm-hmm. so we can. Yeah. And you got Cinco de Mayo coming up. That's right. That's exciting. <laughs> Guacamole for everyone. Yeah. May the fourth be with you if you like Star Wars. Like this is a good month. Wow. It is <laughs> packed full just in the first five days. Yeah. There's at least two national holidays. <laughs> <laughs> or not <laughs> we just planned out your first week of May. you're welcome yeah, there you go <laughs> all right so so last week we talked a little bit about comparison and how social media breeds comparison and this week we want to get into the topic of identity mm-hmm. which is how we overcome that temptation to compare ourselves to other people right so we actually root our identity in christ and who he says that we are yep and that will allow us to overcome that temptation of comparison. So there are a few points that we want to address this week. And the first is, what are we? What are we? What are we? <laughs> Who do you think you are? <laughs> All right. <laughs> if you get that reference, that means you're an Office fan. <laughs> there you have and it. And if you're not, it's from The Office. <laughs> Perfect. Everybody loves the office. That's right. All right. So what are we? Well, we are fundamentally a creation of the true and living God. And that carries huge implications for us. Mm -hmm. Because there is a whole worldview centered around us happening by chance. And we know that mostly as evolution. So an evolutionist thinks that we evolved out of chance from some sort of magical beginning that they can't even account for. I am here to tell you today that that was not the case. But Genesis one twenty seven says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And this just speaks to the inherent worth that we carry as human beings Mm -hmm. created in the image of our creator. Right. And that is awesome to me. And you really have to realize what kind of implications believing in evolution carries. If you did evolve, then you have no purpose and there is no moral compass with which you can judge the world. Oh no. So you're out here (laughs) floating on a rock Mm -hmm. in space and there's no reason behind it. You're just here. 
That's kind of sad. Yeah, very sad. And that's not how I want to live. And Mm -mm. I'm sure that that's not how you want to live. It doesn't breed confidence in our life. Right. There's got to be so much more to life than just that. That's right. But if you were deliberately created with a purpose, then that gives you this sense of belonging. Yeah. And that is awesome. But even more than that, um, we can look at the evidence that we have and even the truly scientific evidence points directly to a creation. It points to the creator. Mm -hmm. And that is something that evolutionists really don't have. They don't have evidence. And you would expect to see a lot of transitional forms in between the current fossils that we have on record, but there is a 100% absence of any kind of transitional form. There has not been any found. And just to clarify, that transitional form is talking about an animal that is between two species. Mm, So we see the species that we have today, a transitional form would be something in between those that we could identify as being acted upon by evolution. You're talking about like the monkey that goes to the human? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So that little diagram that you see Mm -hmm. kind of talking about evolution where it has a monkey and then just just to the right of it, it has a little bit bigger monkey that's starting to stand upright and then it goes all the way up to a human. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's kind of an illustration of transitional forms. But that's something that we don't see in the fossil record. And we certainly don't see it today. We don't see evolution occurring. And the biggest question that evolutionists have not answered even to this day is where the actual origin of life came from. So, of course, there had to be a first living being, or at the very least, a first protein. So proteins are very important in life. They have functions in pretty much every part of our being, uh, including replicating DNA. And even if you look at the statistics of a singular protein of 150 characters, we'll call them, mm-hmm. um, it is literally absurd to think that that one protein could have formed by chance in this prebiotic soup. And... It's it's died down a little bit recently, but it used to be a popular theory that this prebiotic soup environment was covering the face of the earth. And this would be like an aquatic environment where a bunch, a bunch of molecules would be constantly bumping into each other. Okay. And this would create, uh, in theory, an ideal environment for chemical reactions to take place and to form new proteins and structures Mm -hmm. of that nature. But we look at the probability that that would actually occur, and it is absurd to believe that. And just to um, put into perspective the numbers that I'm about to tell you, there are 10 raised to the 80th power elementary particles in the universe. That means... There are 10 to the 80th neutrons and protons in the universe, okay? 
Remember that 10 to the 80th number. All right. Because I got it's about in. to get multiplied. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> so you multiply that by the number of seconds that evolutionists think have transpired since the Big Bang. And then you multiply that by the possible interactions per second, which is 10 to the 43rd. Oh, my gosh. And this comes from... <laughs> what's called the Planck time, which is the shortest amount of time possible. Okay. Planck time. So you have these three numbers, you multiply them together. And Let me get my calculator. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it right here, so there's no need. You multiply them all together and you get 10 to the 140th power. Oh my goodness. That is a huge number that <laughs> represents the possibility of these subatomic particles bumping into each other and creating new forms of proteins or any kind of molecule really. So that is how much resource <laughs> mm -hmm. the universe has had since the theorized beginning according to evolutionists. So keep in mind this is a very conservative number. So it's taking into account their timeline, not mm -hmm. ours as biblical creationists. Okay. So we have that 10 to the 140th power. Well, the actual probabilistic chance that this protein of 150 amino acids would be formed by chance is 10 to the 164th power. Oh, man. So if I'm doing my math correctly, that is 24 orders of magnitude greater than the possible po probabilistic resources of the universe. And that is not even close to a hope <laughs> of of coming to fruition. So we can don't even think about it. We can confidently <laughs> discard that as yeah. a possibility of the first protein, and let alone the first cell or form of life in any way. And that gives a lot of credence to this creation. Yeah, that that's we good see to, recorded. Yeah, that's good to have that kind of backing to understand so we can yeah. shut that door and focus on yeah. what's real, what's right. Absolutely. And so we see that we didn't evolve and we were created. So this creation carries weight. Mm -hmm. And our existence is because of God. Yes. And it's through him. Yep. Which we see in Colossians one seventeen. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. So coming back to that original question, what are we? We see that we are direct creations of the living God. And Madison, I think you had a verse that you wanted to, to read us. Yeah, I've got Psalms 139, 13 through 14. Actually, Psalms 139 is probably one of my favorite Psalms ever. Really? Um, that chapter, yeah, I love it so much because it it does make you feel like, oh, wow, I am valuable. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I'm going to read is 13 through 14. So for you form my inward parts and you covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> that makes you feel good. I love it. <laughs> There's so much purpose behind that verse or those verses right there. Like, yeah, it just makes you feel and know that you're so loved by the creator of everything. Yeah, yeah. fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. That's awesome. So leading into the second question, who are we? So this is going to be a little bit different than what are we, because this is talking about 
um, mostly our inner being. Okay, right. we just covered the physical. We know that that was created, but who are we? So in Second Corinthians five seventeen, it says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away; behold, all things have become new." Just thinking about that verse right there, we have our old self, um, how we acted and how we were before, before we were saved and accepted Christ. And then once we have accepted him, we're a new creation. And so everything on the inside of us changes radically. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a beautiful, beautiful, big, powerful change right there. Yeah. So that passing away of the old man and the new creation coming through um, that is basically us assuming a new identity that is in Christ. And the old flesh had passed away with our old identity, and now we have this new identity in Christ. And Joe Foch said something that I thought was kind of funny and really awesome, but he said that you have two addresses, one in Philly and one in Christ. So Joe Foch is a pastor out in Philadelphia, but for us, it would be, we have two addresses, one that's in Stephenville and one that's in Christ. Or wherever you live, in or, Christ. Yeah, <laughs> wherever you live, and in Christ. That's right. Yeah, that's that's really beautiful. Um, and also just thinking about like our old self and, and then in the new self, the identities that you may have found yourself under beforehand, um, a lot of the times it comes from like our situations and like the things that we're a part of, maybe the organizations and just those brands that you almost have on yourself Mm -hmm. that you identify with. Um, But we realize that when we're in that old way of thinking that those things have no, um, they're not solid like Jesus is. Um, And so whenever you finally find your identity and you're saved um, and you find that in Christ, it's so much stronger. And so any of your circumstances are not going to pull your identity down. They have no um, weight to what your true identity is in Christ. Right. And you you said something about brands. I did want to kind of talk about this for a second because we spent a lot of time talking about Instagram last week. I want to yeah. revisit that with a little analogy, <laughs> I guess, this week. And when I'm thinking about Instagram, I think of like usernames. So um, instead of, hey, that's Madison Banks, uh, that's <laughs> Madison Hope Banks. Yeah. Is that what it Madison is? Madison Banks underscore Hope. Madison Banks <laughs> underscore Hope. So that becomes your new identity Yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. And it's it's funny to scroll through and I see all of these ads that are like, for me, I see the like... <laughs> Joey underscore three gun and (laughs) Jimmy underscore fitness or like fitness dude or whatever. Yeah. One of mine is living my best style. You can imagine what hers is about. (laughs) Style. Oh, style. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So we see all of these people that try to attach these things to their identity. Yeah. And they get their identity from what they're involved with. Yep. Right. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing to put your hobby in your Instagram app or anything, but it's just an illustration to show that we try to grab our identity from many different things. And it's only Christ who is the solid foundation where we can place that identity. Yeah. And one of the things that you can ask yourself or that you may find yourself 
um, being asked is, what am I going to be known for? What am I going to mm-hmm. be remembered for? When someone says your name, what's the first thought that comes to their head about you? Um, is it, oh, that person, oh yeah, they're so funny. Or, oh my gosh, I love the way they dress. Or, oh yeah, that person's very fit. Or, you know, different things like that. And so um, it can be a dangerous spot to to find the identity in those things because they they will perish eventually. <laughs> and there is always going to be someone better than you at yeah. whatever that is that you place your identity in. Yeah. And so where's the, that's where all the insecurity comes from too. Like mm-hmm. there's no security in that. Yeah. So speaking of that inequality and every, there's always going to be someone better than you. Yeah. Let's take a look at Galatians three twenty seven through 29. It says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to this promise. Heirs, wow. (laughs) Yeah, oh, I love that. And we'll talk about that more in just a second. But this is speaking to the, very much the equality Mm -hmm. of believers. And in James, we're told not to show favoritism to anyone. Right. And this is speaking to the exact same point, but it's it's telling us that there's no distinction between believers. You're all made one through Christ and through that redeeming work. And there's nothing that can substitute that. And there's nothing to my knowledge in this world that retains that equality. Right. Yeah, definitely not. And also just showing that these verses just show also that um, his love is for everyone. And so no mm-hmm. matter how, how far gone you feel that you are or that you're, you feel so lost in your identity, like you just don't, you don't even know what you stand for anymore. Just know that you're not too far gone. Like God's, God's love is ready for you to, to run to it and put that, put your, um, your life and give it to him. So good. Yeah. So another verse that we can talk about that kind of goes into talking about heirs mm-hmm. um, is Romans eight seventeen. It says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. And Galatians 4, 1 through 7 goes with that in talking about heirs and children. So it says, now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. So let me clarify this for just a second. Mm-hmm. Um, it's saying that an heir is the basically the same as a slave in that um, while he is under the subjectivity of his parents. So remember the heir in the sense of a son who is going to inherit something from the father. Right. While the father is still around and presiding over the heir, it's no different than the heir being a slave, right? Because he hasn't come into that full... um, Abundance of that. Yeah, Yeah. of the inheritance. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So we'll continue with the verse here. Even so, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come... God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. 
Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. I love that. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> All seven verses. That's Galatians 4, 1 through 7. Yeah. I love you it. You read that and you're like, you've just feel so important and so loved. And so like you have so much value too. Yeah. 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 And going back to Romans eight seventeen that you had mentioned a while mm-hmm. ago, it says heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So that is taking us this simple creation mm-hmm. of the almighty everlasting creator and joining us with himself to be inheritance of the kingdom of God. That is insane. Yeah, that's like... I can't what? imagine... <laughs> that's... I I don't know. <laughs> speechless. I am speechless. <laughs> but I can't imagine the love and uh, just abundance of the heart yeah. that it would take for me to create something and then join that creation with, say, a son that I had to inherit everything that was mine. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. But we have that in this relationship with Christ. Yeah. Christ is the go-between and the connection between us and God. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the high priest in the Old Testament. Right, yeah. He would be the go-between between the Israelites and God. So now that we have that, we are new creations. Yes. That's awesome. Yes, feels good. Yes. <laughs> and then that brings us to Colossians 3.3. 3. And we kind of teased it this last week. Uh, we said we were going to cover it. And we had a question about it during our live video last week on Instagram. Yes, thank you for challenging us with that question. <laughs> yeah. So this is my response to that question. Colossians 3.3 3 says... For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, we got a question about this word hidden and what that really means. And it looks like in the Greek that hidden insinuates more of a security and a safety than like a hiding, like we would use the word. So it makes sense if you think of like a a little hatchling, little bird, <laughs> hidden under the wing of the mother. Yes. It kind of insinuates that safety that the mother is putting over the the little birdie. Yeah. Right. I always think of like a, I guess like a father figure, but like a very, I just envision like a very huge man, not like, uh you know, just big, he's strong. And then like just this little child and he just holds him and he's like so safe. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's like peace in that being held and hidden in that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And so we see that this hidden talks about the safety that our life, our eternal life, I might add, with Christ and God. So that is an awesome picture. Yeah. And it's not hidden from us, but it's hidden for us. Mm. Yeah. Giving us security, not only in this life, but also eternally, which is quite exactly. beautiful and just rests all of your, your doubts on yeah. things like that. That's yeah. beautiful right there. So now we come to the third point that we wanted to make. Yes. And the question that we're going to use for this is how do we walk in this, in what we just talked about? Yeah. And so it's it's important to know that 
when you are going to walk in this, when you're going to walk in the identity of Christ, you have to understand that you have to receive Christ first to be able to do this. Um, and so Colossians two, six or seven, we can start there. It says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught abounding in it with thanksgiving. So knowing that once you have that, um, your life is going to revolve around Christ. It's going to be in Christ. That's what it's for. That's the purpose. And so when people are like, what's the point of life? You can simply answer it. It's mm-hmm. for Christ. We're living for Christ. Yeah. And so know that you're chosen, you're called, you're alive in Christ, you're set free. Um, all the bondage and the labels that you had once before, um, you can break free of those and understand that all of the things of the world have no meaning other than what Christ says and what mm-hmm. he puts his label on us. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we are expected and called to leave those things of the flesh behind right. and pursue Jesus. It's similar to us dropping our nets and following him. And so specifically, and it is, it's funny that we keep coming back to Colossians. Colossians is so good. <laughs> we have been in Colossians the last several weeks. Yeah. And it seems that it keeps popping up in our minds because it is all over yeah, our notes. Definitely in our hearts. I love it. <laughs> yep. But it's a good, good book. And it really talks about a lot of the things that we've been addressing lately. So Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. And this is a really practical way to remember your identity and yeah. to walk in that. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to be so concerned with the worldly things like riches or fame or even what other people think about us, but we want to focus on the eternal things. Like we said, our eternal life is hidden with Christ and God. And we want to focus on that aspect of our life and not the temporal things. So if we begin to tell ourselves that we're anything less than the child of God that we are, we're lying. Yeah. And we're not walking in that true identity. And that's a bad place to be. Yeah. So when you feel that way, crush that with reading yeah. his word. I mean, he, he tells us in so many different places in the Bible that we are importance, our value and, and what we were created um, to be in for. Um, and so talking about, you know, setting your minds on the things above. So you're constantly talking to yourself all day long. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're always in conversation with yourself. And so making sure that your thoughts are, are looking towards Christ is so important. Um, but also you're filling yourself with, um, God's word too. Um, and then just being a steward of, of Christ's word too. Um, he's calls us to make disciples across the nation. And so he has given us a calling um, in this life. And so once we receive him, there's so many different things that he has set for us. And so when we have questions of what we're supposed to think about, what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to act, he answered those questions. He answers those questions for us. Um, and just kind of talking about, uh, was we kind of talked on this earlier, like who are we and talking about labels and um, the brand that we have on ourselves. I can distinctly remember when I came to college um, my freshman year, I I can like envision the setting because we were in our dorm. 
Um, and we were having like a hall meeting. Um, and I remember just being so lost and confused um, of my identity. Like, who was I going to be? How was I going to act? What did I want people to think of me? How did yeah. I want people to remember me? Um, and none of it was like, well, what does Christ want me to be like? What does he have for me? Um, and how can I honor him with my life? That's not what I was thinking. It was what I want other people to think of me. Um, and so that put me down a very not good path, but then mm-hmm. I finally, you know, hit that rock bottom and realized that God was the way he was the one that was going to give me the identity that was rock solid. Um, and so when, when I did that, that's when my mind started being set on the things above and I started following his calling and the real purpose of why I was created. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And that is such an important time in everyone's life when they transition out of that period of being at home with parents and uh, being watched over and they go into the real world. Yeah. (laughs) If you can call college the real world, (laughs) but they go out on their own and it's, it's like a culture shock. Yeah, it is. I don't know what to do. What do I do with my hands? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that is the, prime time for you to root yourself in the scripture and in who God is calling you to be. Yeah. And a final thought for us tonight. Um, this was just, this was on my heart and it was interesting as I was thinking about this conversation that we were preparing to have. And I, I was just thinking, well, like if I don't feel worth it, then like, I just have to remember what he's done for me. Yeah. Right? Yep. So if he has given his life, what more could I ask for to feel any more worthy? Yeah. That there's nothing there's nothing else for him to give. He's already given everything. Yeah. And anything that we would ask for is less than that gift that he's already given. Yeah. He's so, given us the ultimate gift. Yeah. And that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> So that pretty much does it for this episode. We appreciate everybody listening and we hope that you'll tune in with us next week. Bye guys. See ya.